Welcome everybody. Good evening. This shir is actually part of our Tanakh and Inyana the Yaima series. Uh, this is the 11th shir in that series, so we've been going for quite a while. Baruch Hashem. Thank you for everybody that's behind encouraging it and um, and listening <laughs> and participating. I get a lot out of preparing this shirim as well. Uh, this topic tonight is actually quite a fascinating one. It's it's um, how Hanukkah appears in the Nevi'im. And although the story of Hanukkah actually took place, place quite a bit after the period of Nevuah ended, it... Nevi'im, the last three Nevi'im, Chagai, Zechariah, and Malachi, were just at the beginning of the construction of the Beis HaMikdash, and Hanukkah took much, much, uh, happened much later, they, nevertheless, did prophecy about it. And it's very, it's fascinating, as we'll see, the context of what, what the prophecy was about, what the purpose of the Nes Hanukkah was, according to the way the Nevi'im are presenting it, and the historical context of it as, as well, it'll give us a whole new um, viewpoint, a, a whole new perspective on what Hanukkah really means and what it means to us. The <clears throat> There's going to be a number of screen shares, as typically we do in these shiurim, as we learn through the psukim and Tanakh, so we can be prepared for that. The Yantiv of Hanukkah, as we know, it revolves around the miracle which occurred with the Menorah, and also the fact that they they won the war. The word Hanukkah, aside from the remez that we're familiar with of Chanuch of Hay, they rested on the twenty fifth day. But the simple understanding of the word Hanukkah it refers to Hanukkah Samizbeach, the fact that they they um, renewed the Mizbeach, which had been desecrated by the Yavanim, it had been broken, parts of the, the Beis HaMikdash had been broken, and they renewed it. And they restarted the Avayda in the Beis HaMikdash, after it had been totally halted by the Yavanim as well. And when we say Al-Hanisim, uh, you'll notice that we don't really mention the Nase of the Menorah, even though they say, we say that they lit Neiras, but we don't mention the Nase of the Menorah as much as the fact that they won the war and then they were able to go back into the Beis HaMikdash and restart the Avoida. The truth is, the Ramah says that the primary reason why we rejoice on Hanukkah, the reason why there's an Indian at all to make a Suda on Hanukkah, why do we have a Hanukkah party? The real reason, the Ramah says, is because during these days of Hanukkah, the eight days of Hanukkah, there was a Hanukkah Sabayas. They, re, they, they inaugurated the Beis HaMikdash. They had a, a Hanukkah Sabayas. As we know, the concept of a Hanukkah Sabayas, they had an eight-day Hanukkah Sabayas, where they all rejoiced in the fact that they were able to restart the Avayda, renew the Beis HaMikdash, fix up everything that the Yavanim broke, and make it as new. So that is, in essence, a lot of what Hanukkah is about the focus on the fact that we're able to restart the Avaita. Now, if we examine the events of Hanukkah with some historical context, then we begin to understand the importance of the miracle of Hanukkah and what it really meant to the Jews of that time. Because we have to understand the position that they're in and what they were thinking and what they were struggling with, and then we'll understand what it meant to them, why it was such an important miracle. And through that, we'll understand what it means for us as well. The truth is that we do have to understand why it is the Chazal chose to commemorate this particular mir- miracle for, you know, 
of all of eternity for Nitzchias. This is not the only miracle that ha- took place uh, in in our history. The there's another for just for example, uh, Sancheirev came with an army of hundreds of thousands, perhaps millions, and he surrounded Yerushalayim and would have annihilated, obliterated Yerushalayim. And there was a nace, and they all died out in one night. That's a tremendous miracle, uh, far greater proportions and and uh, more spectacular in scope than than the nace of Hanukkah. Yet there's nothing. There's no mitzvah. There's no yantiv. Uh, there's no tefillah even associated with that particular. Nice. We mentioned it, you know, in Piyutim. So why there was something obviously specifically important about the Nase of Hanukkah which merited it being a mitzvah, a yantiv, a something eternal, because it's very important, obviously, for us throughout our whole stay in Galus to have this mitzvah, to have this yantiv. It's, it's there to teach us something, to give us chizik through the Galus, and we have to see why. So again, although, although Hanukkah took place quite a bit after the period of Nevi'im ended, uh, it is prophesied about it. And it's prophesied about in the Nevu'ah of Chagai, and it's prophesied about in the Nevu'ah of Zechariah. Zechariah, like I said, Chagai, Zechariah, Malachi are the last three Nevi'im. They were also, according to Chazal, Hanani, Mishol, and Azariah, the same people, Chagai, Zechariah, Malachi. And they, they, uh, their prophecies, uh, Zechariah, the majority of his prophecies are very, very cryptic, and they deal a lot with uh, Mashiach. But there is one parak of it that we lay on as the Haftar of Shabbos Hanukkah, and that's its own, it's a whole share in its own right, uh, which we won't be getting to tonight. But tonight we'll be focusing on the Nevuah of Chagai, which does talk specifically about the nace of Hanukkah. So we need a little bit of a, a background to see what it is the Chagai was talking about. Uh, you know, as we shall see, Chagai, the, the Kal Yisrael at that time didn't think, they had just returned from Gaul's bubble, those who did return, and, and there was somewhat of a struggle to get people to come back from Gaul's bubble. And Kal Yisrael didn't think that they were ready to build the Beis HaMikdash. They just didn't think that they were holding by it. And they didn't want to do it. They didn't, want, they didn't have the, the motivation to build the base of Mikdash. And it took an express command from HaKadosh Baruch Hu with much encouragement, both from the Navi and from the Navu of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and a special siyata dishmaya, that he had to inflame their desire to do it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to infuse some motivation into them so that they should take on this project of building the base of Mikdash. Um, the leaders were Zerubbabel, uh, who was the descendant of David HaMelech, who would have been king if Malchus would have returned to Klal Yisrael. And Yeshua Kayin Gadol, is Yeshua Ben Yehai Tzadik, he was the Kayin Gadol who ended up serving as the first Kayin Gadol when the Beis HaMikdash was rebuilt. And they were the two together, were the leaders of Klal Yisrael. And they were the ones who uh, Hashem wanted to inspire to rebuild it. So let's take a look at some of these psukim. Okay. Go to the beginning here. Okay. So this is in Chagai, Parak Aleph. And the Pasa, can you all see it? Just raise your hand if you can. Is it clear? Okay, thank you. Um, it says as follows The second year of Daryavish, he was the king of Persia, the son of Esther Amalka. 
on the sixth month, there was a Navua to Chagai, the son of Shaltiel, who again was the officially the 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 descendant of David Amalek, the king, Pachas Yehuda, the leader of Yehuda, El Yehoshua ben Yehitzadik a kain a god lamer, and to Yehoshua ben Yehitzadik was the kain god also to say as follows: Koyamar Hashem Tzvakos. This is what Hashem said: Lamer, Hamaz Amru. The nation is saying, Klal Yisrael is saying, Loy es boy. It's not the time. The time hasn't come yet. It's not the time to build, rebuild the Beis Hamikdash. That's what Klaus Roe was saying. There was talk, you know, that Gal's bubble is over and it's time to rebuild the Beis Hamikdash. And Klaus Roe was saying, we're just not up to it. It's not the time. It's not that the thing to do. So we're up to Pasuk Gimel. Hashem therefore told Haggai, Do you think that the right thing is for you to sit in your houses, Sfunim, protected, and my house should be destroyed? So now this is what Hashem says, Think about what you're doing, think about your paths, right? This is a, this is a call to tshuva. Pasik Vabu Ziratim Harbi, look what's going on. Ziratim Harbi, you've planted a lot. Vahave Ma'at and very little is coming forth, which means that they were putting an effort in trying to rebuild, they were putting an effort into planting their fields, and they were seeing very little bracha, because without a Besamikdash, without a Shoya there was Klala, there wasn't bracha, there wasn't any blessing, everything was destroyed and it just wasn't, the rebuilding efforts just wasn't taking off. And HaKadosh Baruch is pointing this out to them, that this is the reason why. Zeratim harbe, you've planted a heart, v'habe ma'at, you only uh, yielded very little. Ochal, you eat, ve'en l'sava, and you can't become satiated. Shasa, you drink, ve'en l'shachra, and there's not enough to make your, yourself uh, shikr, also a, a, a word that means satiated as far as drinking is. Concerned, you try to wear clothing, and you can't warm yourselves, you can't, you know, it's not sufficient. There's not enough. Anybody who makes any money, so you figure, okay, I won't do real, I won't do crops, I won't do um, uh, farming, uh, I'll you know, I'll look to do business. You seem to be putting your money into a wallet that has a hole in it. All the money seems to be disappearing from the wallets. So Akash Baruch was just giving them a very, you know, his point, bringing to their attention, look, there's a reason for what's going on here. Everything you're undertaking is just falling through. You're not making money. You're not being successful. Your crops aren't being successful. You're not being uh, able to be mefarnish yourself to take care of your families, to get clothing and to get food as you need. So Hashem said, Pay attention to what's going on. And then he gives them the command, Pasikhas, Aluha Har, go onto the mountain, Har Maria, Vahavesam Aids, and bring wood, Uvnua Bayas, and bring build this house. The Eretzaboy, and I will desire it. Vikavda. So the this is very important here. Look at the way this word is spelled. In the Pasik itself, the Ksiv, the way it's written, is Vikavda without the hay at the end. Right? So it's, it's a very noticeably missing hay. Vikavda, and I will be honored by it, which means that I will, my presence will fill it. There will be Ashroi Sashkina. Amr Hashem. So Hashem guaranteed them, and He told them, build this house, build this Beis HaMikdash, and, and, uh, and I, will, I will desire it, and I will rest my presence there. So the Pasuk, I'm skipping a couple of Psukim, and the Pasuk then goes on to say in Pasuk Yud Beis, ben Shaltiel, ben So Zrubavel, right, the 
the, so to speak, the, the de facto king, and Yeshua ben Tzadik, who was the kind Gadol, they listened to the Navi, and whoever, the remnants of Klai Yisrael, whoever was left there, and they listen to the Nevu of Chagai, Kasha Shlocha, Hashem Alekehem, Vayiru Amne Hashem, and the nation, they feared what Hashem said. They, they, they took it to heart that Hashem's call to Tshuva. And Pasig Yudalad is Vayar Hashem es Ruach Zru Babel ben Shalti al Pachas Yehuda, and Hashem, he, 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 he had to uh, encourage them. He had to uh, inspire them, right? It wasn't natural. They, they, they didn't have the. the the oomph to do this, to take this on. They were so despondent and without hope after the destruction of the first base of Mikdash in Gaul's Babel. So Vayor Hashem is Ruach Ruach Zubabel, he inspired the, the Ruach of Zubabel, Ben Shaltiel, Pachas Yehuda, Vez Ruach Yeshua, Ben Sayyatari Kayan Gadol. Say so to inspire Zubabel, the king, he had to inspire the Kayan Gadol, he had to inspire Ruach Kol Sheir Sa'am, he had to inspire all of Klai Yisrael, Vayavayu, and they came, Vayasu Mulacha Beves Hashem Tzvakas Elahikeham, and they came to do this work of rebuilding. The, the Beis HaMikdash. So this is what, this is what happened at this point. <clears throat> so now, I uh, just want to go back to that Pasuk that we skipped over here. That they, Hashem says, build this house, v'ikavda, and I will be honored by it, I will rest my presence in it. But again, it's missing a hay. So the Gemara Mesechtus Yuma, which is the next item over here, the Gemara wants to know what's chat in this. Amr of Shmuel Bar Inia, Rav Shmuel Bar Inia asked a question. My Siv, this that it says, the Erzabai Vikavda. So it's written Vikavda without a hay. The Karina, and we read it Vikavda with a hay. My Shnadamuchos, hey, why is it missing a hay? The answer is, Elu Chamisha Dvarim, these are the five things, Shahayu Bain Mikdash Rishin the Mikdash Shani, that were the difference between the first base of Mikdash and the second base of Mikdash. Number one, Aaron Vichapires. There was no Aaron in the second base of Mikdash, or Kapiris to cover the Aaron. Vikruvim, and there were no Kruvim. Ve'esh, there was no fire that came down in Hashemayim. On the base, first base of Mikdash, there was a constant fire that was a heavenly fire. It was not made by humans. It was a, 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 a non-earthly fire, a spiritual fire that was constantly burning an open demonstration of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence in the base of Mikdash. Ushchina, there was an open... The display of Shechina in, in the first base of Mikdash, which there was not in the second base of Mikdash. Ruach HaKadosh, there was a, a Ruach HaKadosh was prevalent as a result of the Shechina in the base of Mikdash. Anybody who came into the base of Mikdash was blessed with a level of Ruach HaKadosh. You were able to understand spiritual things that you were not capable before. V'urim v'tumim, and there was no Urim v'tumim. There was no way to directly ask Hashem a question and get an answer. Where the Kayan Gadol's, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the stones of the Chayshan lighting up, you didn't have that kind of display of direct connection to HaKadosh Baruch Moment. So, as we see here that they were encouraged to build the second base of Mikdash. They were encouraged to... The HaKadosh Baruch Hu had to literally infuse them with the spirit and the motivation to rebuild the second base of Mikdash. Yet, here was the problem. 
the problem was that the second base of Mikdash was not going to be like the first base of Mikdash. The second base of Mikdash wasn't going to have that open display of a Kaddish Baruch Hu that the first base of Mikdash had. Everything that was open in the first base of Mikdash, the second base of Mikdash lacked. There was no fire that came down in a Shemayim. There was no Urim Vitumim. The string that turned white red didn't have that either. All these open Nisan, all of them, they were not there in the second base of Mikdash. The second base of Mikdash was a place to do Akravas Karbanis. It was a place to serve a Kaddish Baruch Hu, to do Avaidah, to be able to do all those mitzvahs, but that, that feeling, that demonstration, that pride that Klai Yisrael had, that we are the only place on earth where a Kaddish Baruch Hu can rest his, his Shechina, it was not there. There was no Aaron, Kaparis, and Kruvim. They all knew the Aaron. That was the place where a Kaddish Baruch Hu Shechina, Kaviyachal, rested, and it was not existent in the second base of Mikdash. Even the Ner Maravi, the, the light on the menorah that would always burn, that continued for a little bit of time through Shimon at Tzadik. So it was a couple of years after the building of the second base of Mikdash, but they all knew that it was temporary. They all knew that it wasn't even something that would, that would be there to stay. Beren B'chai explains that and others explain that they were fully aware that none of that existed in the second base of Mikdash. And this created, this was a problem. This was a problem because this is what they were struggling with. Klai Yisrael thought that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when he sent them into Galus, Galus Babel, he abandoned them. He was done with them. And they could not be convinced that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was with them, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was resting on, upon them, regardless of the fact that they were in Galus. The nace of Purim was, was an encouragement. The nace of Purim was a, a turnaround. But it didn't lead them to believe that they were going to have any kind of relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu like they had during the first Beis HaMikdash. Their understanding was HaKadosh Baruch Hu threw us into Galus. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is done with us. And that's not going to change. He's not coming back. That was their belief. And that's why it was so hard for them to build the Beis HaMikdash. They didn't see the point. Why should we build the Beis HaMikdash? Hashem Shekhin is not coming back. And they built the Beis HaMikdash and it didn't come back. So they kind of were, their, their, their point was made. And this is what Klai Yisrael had a hard time. That's why there was such a loss of hope. When the second Beis HaMikdash was built, it was inaugurated. They made a Chanukah Sabayis, right then, in the time of Ezra and Nehemiah. But that inauguration, it was a very different experience than the Chanukah Zabayis that happened for the Mishkan and the Torah, and the Chanukah Zabayis that happened for the first, first base of Mikdash, which is described in Melachim. If you ever learned those psukim, and you learn a little bit how Chazal explained it, those were intensely happy events. There was no happier day than the day of Shemini Lamiluim when they started doing the Avaidah in the Mishkan. The, the, when they did the, the inauguration of the first base of Mikdash, it was a 14-day party. They didn't even fast on Yom Kippur. It went through Yom Kippur and Sukkot. And everybody who was there was Zeichet Teruach HaKadosh. You had a connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which was mind-boggling. It was un- unparalleled. It was historic. But the second base of Mikdash... The inauguration was a very different event. You take a look at these psukim, you'll see it was not really a happy event, unfortunately. These are psukim in Ezra. This is in Ezra Paragimel. So the Pasik says, Vayanu Bahalel Ubahidis Lashem. So there, there was a difference here between the younger generation and the older generation. So the younger generation that rebuilt Beis Hamikdash, they answered Halal Ubahidis Lashem. They said Psukim of Hashem Kitoiv. 
Hailu Hashem Kitayu Kilaylam Chazday, right? A Pasuk we're very familiar with. Al Yisrael, that he had done such kindness to Klai Yisrael, V'chal Ha'am, and the nation there, Heriu Truo G'dayla, they called that, they, they blew tra- trumpets, when, uh, and, and scream, screamed that in joy, Bahal Hashem, Al Husad Beis Hashem, on the fact that the second Beis HaMikdash had been established, had been, been built, had been founded. But then it says, V'rabim me'akayinim v'halavim, but many of the Kayhanim and the Leviim, and the heads of the nation, the elders, they still remember what the first base of Mikdash looked like. It was 70 years earlier, but many of them survived. Many of them were probably 10 or 20 or, or 25 when the first base of Mikdash was destroyed, and they had seen the first base of Mikdash. Now when they saw this, the second base of Mikdash being rebuilt, they were crying with a very loud cry, and their other, they were, so they had this, this kind of duality over here, where you had half the nation, the older generation, who had seen the first base of Mikdash, now they see the second base of Mikdash, they were crying, because of how different it was in the first base of Mikdash, it didn't come close, in its splendor, and most importantly, it didn't come close in, in the Kedusha, in, in the Hashra'i Sashchina. But the younger generation who never saw the first base of Mikdash, Rabbin they were still singing and dancing. But look what happened here. You couldn't end, in the end, you couldn't even hear the happiness and the trumpets. Because the, the people who were crying, that was louder and it overtook the people who were happy. All they heard from the distance was the people crying, which means that the people who were crying were much more passionate about it than the people that were happy. The people that were crying realized what was missing and they realized how little they had back from what there was originally in the first base of Mikdash. So this is very eye-opening. They, 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 this was the... the Chanukah's bias, right? And an intensely happy event. They rebuilt the second base of Mikdash. They're ending Gal's Babel. Gal's Babel did not end. That was the problem. And that's what the majority of, of Klal Yisrael at the time and the elders and those who appreciated what was going on, they were not rejoicing when the second base of Mikdash was built. They were crying. They were crying because they, they were still in Gal's. And we have to realize that. It's important to realize Klal Yisrael was back in Eretz Yisrael. But they were very much in Gal's. We say there's Gal's Babel. There's Galos, Paras, Umadai, Yavon, and Edaim. Realize those took place when Klai Yisrael went back to Eretz Yisrael. Paras, Umadai, that's who Klai Yisrael was under their dominion when they built the second base of Mikdash. It was built under the dominion of Kairish and Daryavesh. They were fully enslaved and, and, uh, by, by those, those kings. If you learn those Psukim in Daniel and in Ezra and Nehemiah, every step had to be approved by those kings and they constantly had enemies who were trying to undo it and to stop the building the, the Binyam Beis HaMikdash. They were not under their own rule, not in the least sense. And then Alexander the Great became king and that started Golos Yavan. He destroyed Paras and, and Madai, but then he became the king and then they were under the subservient to the Malchei Yavan, to the Greek kings. They were still in Golos. They still didn't have their own, their own, um, their own kingdom, and even after the Chashmonaim won the war and they over, they 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 overtook Eretz Yisrael and they drove out the Greeks, it was short lived. Very short, shortly afterwards, Edom took came to power, and for, for after a short time, 
the Eretz Yisrael was under the thumb of the Romans until eventually they destroyed it by the destruction of the Second Beis Hamikdash. But they, there was not much freedom. Essentially, the whole period of the Second Beis Hamikdash was a, essentially a time of Golos. We had a Beis Hamikdash, but there was no Jewish rule. There were no Jewish kings. It was not. It was not true freedom. So this was a quandary. This was a problem. Klal Yisrael lacked hope. They lacked motivation. They lacked the spirit that was necessary for them to come back into Eretz Yisrael, rebuild the base of Mikdash, and make a commitment to keep Torah and mitzvahs. So many of them stayed in Babel. So many of them married non-Jewish women. So many of them just didn't see the point. They didn't believe it. They couldn't accept it. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted them back. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu was actually going to rest His presence among them. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu actually was in the base of Mikdash. They didn't believe it. So Chagai Hanavi was charged with convincing Kal Yisrael of this point. And he did so by telling them a nevuah. And he prophesied about a future miracle a future miracle that would reinstill the, the that would convince Klal Yisrael and reinstill in them the hope and the spirit and the excitement of having Hashem's presence among them. And he told them about a very special nace that was going to happen. So let's see those psukim. So this is in Chagi Perik Bey, Chagai Perik Bey's. So Pasik says, um, sorry. Okay, Bashvi, Be'esrim Be'echad Lachaydish in the seventh month, 21 first day of the month, Hayyidvar Hashem Be'el Chagah Hanavi Lemar. Hashem spoke to Chagah Hanavi saying, Emorna El Zrubavel Ben Shaltiel, Pachas Yehuda, again say to Zrubavel, who was the de facto king, Ve'el Yeshua Ben Yetzadak, and to Yeshua the Kayin Gadol, Ve'el Sherisam, and to the remnant of Klai Yisrael to say, Pasig Gimel, Mi Bochem Hanishar, I know from you who are here. Who are left? So Hakadosh Baruch Hu addresses the issue. Hakadosh Baruch Hu acknowledges the problem. I know you've seen the first base of Mikdash with all its splendor and glory. Now you see this house now. You see what it is, and it's like nothing in your eyes. So Hakadosh Baruch Hu addresses what was going on. That they were so sad with the second base of Mikdash, they said, "This is not a base of Mikdash. This is not a Makam Ashroya You're not really coming back to us." Pasik Dalit Va'ata Chazak. But now Hashem says, "Strengthen yourselves." Zerubavel No Hashem. So he gives a special commandment to Zerubavel. You have to strengthen yourself. Yeshua Ben And he gives the Kain Gadol a commandment. You have to strengthen yourself. And Chazak Kol And he tells each one of Klal Yisrael, "You all have to strengthen yourself." No Hashem Va'asu. And start keeping doing the Avodah and keeping Torah mitzvahs. Because I am with you. No, Hashem Tzvakas, I am with you. Hey, as Hadavar, as Karati Itchem, Etzeischem, and Mitzrayim, the thing, the, the bris, the Torah that I gave you, and the covenant I made with you when I took you out of Mitzrayim, that I'm going to be your God and you're going to be my nation, that is still in full effect. It's in full strength. Veruchi Aymedes Besechechem, and my spirit, my Shechina is amongst you. Altirol. Don't be afraid. So this is the, the, the introduction that he gave them. Tell them, I am with you. Don't you think I abandoned you? I did not. The bris that I have with you, the covenant I have with you, it's still in full effect. 
I my my shechina is among you, and uh, Matsudas David and the Malbim they both they both explain it this way. They say even though it, you can compare this this base hamikdash the second base hamikdash to the first one, realize that the bracha the blessing the hashroyes hashchina will come through this base hamikdash. I am here. My hashroyes hashchina will be here in this second base hamikdash. And the Malbim understands it that he that the pasuk is is uh, that the Hakadosh Baruch Hu is entreating them. He's begging them, please. Accept the Torah mitzvahs again. Do tshuva. Start keeping Torah mitzvahs as you are meant to. And then you'll experience the full Hashroyah Sashchina as, as I intend it to be in the second Beis HaMikdash. And he says, Even though the Ruach, right, which is, is referred to in this passing, means I don't have such an open display of miracles like we had when we came out of Mitzrayim. Nevertheless, it'll be Behester. I am here and I am among you. So then the Nevuah continues. So let's go now to Pasik Vav. And here is where Hashem, Hashem gives him a prophecy. This is what Hashem says. There's going to be one more thing. And it is, it's, it's in a little bit of time. Not too much, not too much time. It won't take too long. And I will shake the, the heavens and the earth, and the sea, and the dry land. Right? So in other words, this miracle will be an earth-shattering miracle. It will shake the earth to its foundations. All the, everything that people thought was true will be, will be dissolved, will change. Everybody will have to rethink their lives. What's going to happen? I'm going to shake up all the nations of the world. And all the valuables, all, everything that's precious of all the nations of the world will come. And I will fill this house, the second base of Mikdash, with my honor, my presence. Kavit is always a reference to the Shechina. Amr Hashem and Pasik Ches says, Liyah Kesev, I, all the silver of the world is mine. Liyah Zav, all the gold of the world is mine. Um Hashem Tzvakais. And lastly, he testifies that Kaddish Baruch Hu guarantees them. Godel Yiyah Koeda Ba'ez Not like you think that this is nothing compared to the first base of Mikdash. On the contrary, Godel Yiyah Koeda Ba'ez The second base of Mikdash will be greater. The Shechina that's going to rest in the second base of Mikdash will be greater than the first base of Mikdash. Amr Hashem Tzvakais, Ubamakam Hazeh Et En Shalom, and in this place I will give to you peace. No Hashem Tzvakais. So Kaddish Baruch Hu says, in a little bit of time there's going to be this huge earth-shattering event that's going to shake Shemayim and Aretz, Yam and Charava, the heavens and the earth, land and the sea. The whole world is going to be shaken up by an earth-shattering event. It's going to change the world. A miracle will occur, and that's going to cause that all the nations of the world are going to be sending their gold and their silver as their, their presents, their, their gifts um, to, to Klal Yisrael and it will fill the whole base of Mikdash with the honor of Hashem. So what is it referring to? So take a look at Rashi. Rashi says, Oid achas ma'athi. It's going to be in a little bit of time. malchus pares when the na- the Persian kingdom ends. Hamishal alechem. It's currently uh, ruling over you. Oid achas takum limshal alechem. There'll be another nation that rules over you. Lahatzer lechem that will that will oppress you. Malchus Yavan, and that's the kingdom of Yavan. But it will only be a short time. It wasn't that short, it was a couple hundred years. But it was, in, in, in relative, relatively speaking, about 180 years, relatively speaking, in a Baruch Hu's eyes, it was a short amount of time. 
and I will shake the world with the nisim that will happen to the Bnei Chashmanoi, the nisim of Hanukkah, and everybody will understand So now you see the prophecy of Chagai Hanavi. What was the reason for Neis Hanukkah? What was the purpose of Neis Hanukkah? The purpose of Neis Hanukkah was that everybody should know that a Kaddish Baruch Hu Shechina dwells among Klai Yisrael. That was the purpose, because no one believed it. No one accepted it. There was no Shechina in the second Beis HaMikdash. There was no, uh, there was, there, there was no open Nisim. There was no miracles. There was no fireman Hashemayim. There was no way that a Kaddish Baruch Hu demonstrated that he had taken them back. They thought he sent them into Golis, and he said, Goodbye. I'm done with you until Mashiach comes. And he said, no, you're going to see and I'm going to demonstrate it with an open miracle in the time of Hanukkah, a miracle that will shake the whole world so that everybody will know about it. And that's the miracle of Hanukkah. It will demonstrate that my presence is indeed in this bias. And it will bring gifts of, of gold and silver. As it says, as, as the, uh, recorded in the history of Yesifun, the history of Yesif Ben-Gurion. So this is already a, an amazing eye-opening perspective on what the purpose of the Neis Hanukkah was. Very, very different than we might understand simply. The, the purpose of Neis Hanukkah was to demonstrate that the second base of Mikdash was indeed a place for the Shekhinah. And what was powerful about that was that they were still in Golis. And that didn't change. They were still in Golis. And that's why it was such an eternal miracle. And that's why it's such an eternal message. Because, of course, yes, the Shekhinah could be Shaira in the Beis HaMikdash, in Eretz Yisrael, and, of course, there could be miracles when, when everything is the way it's meant to be, like it was during the first Beis HaMikdash, Klai Yisrael, not in Golis. But what Klai Yisrael didn't believe, and they had yet, had yet to see, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu would return and rest his Shekhinah upon them, even when they're in Golis. And that was the testimony of the Nase of Hanukkah. That's what it demonstrated. Yes, you're in Golis, but I don't leave you. I never left you. Yeah, I don't do open miracles anymore. But this one time, I'm going to shake up the whole earth just to show you that really I am here. And now from then on, that point and on, we're going to light Hanukkah Licht for the rest of eternity until Mashiach comes so that we don't forget that. Because we're not going to do that Nase again. But he prophesied it, and he said, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to show you, I'm going to reinstill your hope, your, 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 your confidence in me. I am here. I am with you. I am Masha Mashkina, even though you're in Gauls. And so much so, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, The, the, the honor, the Shekhinah that's going to be in the second base mixture is greater than the first. So Chazal asks, what does that mean that it's going to be greater? How, in what way was the second base of Mikdash greater than the first base of Mikdash? So there's a Machoikas in the Gemara. Wamshat is Bishanim, meaning that the second base of Mikdash lasted for two, 420 years, while the first base of Mikdash stood for 410 years. So it was 10 years longer, right? Okay, so that's kind of arbitrary. It's a little, just a token, it's a token number, right? 10 years longer is not such a big deal, not such a big difference. And the other is Babinian. It was actually uh, the construction of the second base of Mikdash was slightly larger. It was Alpi Navi and Alpi Hashem. They made the, the size of the base of Mikdash was slightly different, the, the, the dimensions, and it was a little bigger. Both those things are just symbolic. 
There's not, no real meaning in the difference of 10 years. It's symbolic, but the symbolism was there to demonstrate that the fact that we could have that we could have HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence dwelling among us, even though we're in Galus, was a much greater level of HaShoyah even than the one that was openly apparent during the first base of Mikdash. Yes, we had Ashoy Sashkina in the first base of Mikdash, and it was awesome, and it was word Nisim, and there was fire, and there was there was a Nair Maravi that burnt always, and there was a Lacham Apanim that was hot for far for, for nine days. And nice after miracle after miracle after miracle. Yet none of those demonstrated the amount of Kedusha and closeness and love and connection that HaKadosh Baruch Hu demonstrated when the Shechina was there, although they were in Galus. That was a much more powerful and more poignant demonstration and a much more internal demonstration, which is something we carry with, out through, uh, with us through the Galus. <clears throat> this this understanding of the Nase of Hanukkah is something which the Pnei Yeshua, so one of the, the earlier Achreinim who uh, explained the Gemara and Masech the Shabbos that talks about Hanukkah, he points this out also just beautifully. He says that you have to realize that this is what was going on between the Yavonim and Kal Yisrael. The Greeks, they were trying to knock this into Kal Yisrael that that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has departed. He is done with you. And that's, we know there's a famous Chazal that they, t- they told him, right on the, the horns of your oxen, which pro- probably meant your day-to-day work, which you see every day. We want it to be in your face, that you have nothing to do with the Kaddish Baruch Hu anymore. He has nothing to do with you. He's abandoned you. They were trying to knock this into them. And this is what they were was so so important to them with the nace of the menorah in this very point to demonstrate that no, Hakadosh Baruch Hu was here. Hakadosh Baruch Hu never left them, and Hakadosh Baruch Hu will always be with them. And this is what happened next. They had a rerun, a replay of the Chanukah Sabayis, the first Chanukah Sabayis that happened when they built the second base of Mikdash, as we learned. It was a very, very, very... It wasn't a happy event. There were people that were happy. There were people that were sad. The people that were sad were crying so loudly that they drowned out the people that were happy. It was not the way a Hanukkah Zabayas is meant to be. But now on Hanukkah, they made a new Hanukkah Zabayas. The Yavanim had destroyed part of the base of Mikdash. They had stopped the Avaida. They had ruined the Mizbeach. Klai rebuilt the Mizbeach. They rebuilt the Menaira. They rebuilt the... They fixed all the holes that the, the Yavanim had made. They were Mechadish the base of Mikdash once again. And they made a Hanukkah Zabayas. And this time, the Hanukkah Zabayas was for real. This time, everybody fully rejoiced with the Chanukah Zabayis because now the Beis HaMikdash had a meaning to them. It was a place of Ashoi Sashchina. It was a place where HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence rested. Now this is the Beis HaMikdash, they said. And that's why we have Sudas and Chanukah. That's what we're celebrating. It's that new Chanukah Zabayis. Take two, the real one, the one that actually was a true Chanukah Zabayis of the Beis HaMikdash, the second Beis HaMikdash. Now there's a fascinating... Um, fact, I guess you can say, that's testified by the Chidah. So the Chidah, uh, who, who was also early Akron, about the same time as the Pnei Yeshua, he saw the Pnei Yeshua early, early 1700s, um, he, he writes, and he quotes this from a Sefer, that when they uh, rebuilt the second Mesa Mikdash and they built the Mizbeach, they didn't have any fire, and they were trying to be macro of a carbon, and I don't know what the problem was, but they couldn't get a fire started. And they dive into HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and Eish Yorodim in Fire came down in a Shemaim. One-time event. 
But he said that a fire came down in Hashemayim. So it wasn't merely that there was a nace of the menorah, the nace of the, of the, the Hanukkah licht, but there was a nace, the same, actually the same thing that happened when the Mishkan was built, fire came down in Hashemayim, and when the first place of Mikdash was built, fire came down in Hashemayim. That was really, that was the defining factor. It was like that was the closing event that demonstrated, yes, you, the, your base of Mikdash has been accepted by a Kaddish Baruch Hu. He's going to put his presence there. The fire came to Min HaShemayim. It was a Kaddish Baruch Hu Shliach, so to speak. It was his proxy. The one who demonstrated, yes, I'm here. And that happened. It didn't happen when they built the second base of Mikdash. It happened on Hanukkah. That's why Hanukkah is called Hanukkah. It was the true Hanukkah Sabayas of the second base of Mikdash. But what's important to us is that it was an eternal Hanukkah Sabayas because we don't have the second base of Mikdash anymore. But the Hashoya Sashkina that was there by the second base of Mikdash, it was a Hashoya Sashkina in Golos. It exists till today as well. It's a Hashoya Sashkina that Kaj Baruch demonstrates that even after I sent you away, that doesn't mean that I went away. I'm with you. I went with you wherever you go. You went to Gauls, I was there. You came back, still in Gauls, I'm still with you. So it's just a fascinating thing. I never saw this before, but that they were zaycha to this amazing miracle of Eish Yerid Min on Hanukkah itself, when they tried to restart the, the Avaidah in the Beis HaMikdash. There's even a more important point to be made. When the Hashemunayim were fighting their war, this is what they were fighting about. This is what was motivating them to fight the war. It's true there were Hellenists, and it's true there was a, a huge battle of, of theology going on, but we have to realize what was at the root of it all, and it's, it's what's always at the root of the weakening of Yiddishkeit. It's always what that's a root, that's the weakening of Yiddishkeit in Europe with the Haskalah. The all, it always happens from one thing, it's because Kalei Yisrael loses hope. Klai Yisrael loses confidence that HaKadosh Baruch is with them. They lose confidence that there's going to be a gulo. They lose confidence that Mashiach will come. They give up. And when that happens, then they say, okay, look, the Goyim have it good. Their things are going well for them. I might as well join the winning team. That the fight of the Chashmanoim was to bring back that hope to Klai Yisrael. Now there's Matzah Shabbos in Shul after Marev. We say, And then we say, And when we finish saying, which everybody also does the same thing when you say it in Shabbos davening in the morning, you say, but of the extra mizmairim we add, we add. So when you get to the last Pasuk, we say, And you say it twice, right? You say, Why do you say that Pasuk twice? So there's a safer called Tashbeitz, uh, Hakaten. It was written by um, Reb Shimon ben Sadik. He's a Talmud of the Marami Rutenberg. Marami Rutenberg was the Rebbe of the Rush, one of the early, the later Rishonim, uh, who most of our halachic psakim, most of the things we do, come from him. And this was a Talmud of his. And he explains why we do this. And he says why we say it on on uh, on Master Shabbos and why we repeat that last pasuk. He says because the the parsha, the capital of the Hinayam, has a hundred and twenty four words. And if you repeat the last Pasik of with six words, it brings the total up to 130. 130 words. 130 is the gematria of HaKaihanim. That's the, the numerical value of the word Kaihanim. Kaihanim with its five letters, or HaKaihanim. 
It's 130. So he says, what's the, what's the relevance or the connection between Kahanim and Vihinoyim and Yeshiv Viseser? He says, when the Chashmenoyim, Chashmenoyim went to war, and this is what they said. They said seven times Vihinoyim, I guess every time as they were fighting, and they said two times, This is what the Chashmenoyim were fighting about. They were fighting about Vihinoyim Hashem Alekeinu Uleinu Umaisi Yedeinu Koinu Uleinu. Now what, are those, what does that Pasuk mean? That Pasuk, is written in Tehillim, but it was said much, much before David HaMelech. Moshe Rabbeinu was the first time, first one to say that Pasuk. And what did he, who did he say it to? He told it to Klal Yisrael. They built the Mishkan. They were waiting for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to, to rest his presence on the Mishkan. And Moshe Rabbeinu gave them a bracha. And he said, Let the sweetness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu rest upon us. What's the sweetness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? That's the Hashroya Sashchina. Sil Sharm says that the most enjoyable thing that there can possibly be in this world, the only true pleasure, everything else he says is nothing. You want to know true pleasure? It's connecting to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the only true pleasure in this world and the only true pleasure in the next world. Hashroyes Hashchina is Noyam Hashem, it's the sweetness of Hashem. So Moshe Rabbeinu blessed Klai Yisrael. Vihi Noyam Hashem Aleikeinu Aleinu. Let the sweetness, the beauty, the Shechina of HaKadosh Baruch Hu come. And he should... His presence should, should support what we've built. And this is what the Hashmanoim were fighting about. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we want to see your presence again in the Beis HaMikdash. That's what we need to revive Kla Yisrael at this point. They've lost hope, and that's why they're, they're giving in to the Yavanim, and this is what they were ready to give up their lives for, to fight that HaKadosh Baruch Hu Shechina should come back, and that's why we say it every Matzah Shabbos, and every time you say that, that, that capital Tehillim, you say Erech two times, to remember what the Chashmanoim were fighting for. It's something we have to remember every Shabbos, every Matzah Shabbos, and obviously on Hanukkah as well. HaKadosh Baruch Hu rests His presence among us, even if we don't see it. Even if he doesn't have an open display, his presence is here. He has not abandoned us, and he'll never abandon us. The Malbim says, and just just a beautiful understanding in the Pasik, our handiwork, our supports us. He says, when you build a building, you build an edifice, right? So you built it, but you don't support it. The ground supports it. You don't stand under the building and hold it, right? That's not what supports the building. But he says, in a Mishkan, in a Besa Mikdash, the only thing that keeps the Beis HaMikdash up is if we continue to do Torah and Mitzvahs. The only thing that keeps the Ruchnias going is if we're connected to it. We support the Ruchnias and we constantly support the Ruchnias. We, with our Maisim Taibim, with our Mitzvahs, with our Torah, we're the edifice that allows Noyam Hashem That's what allows the sweetness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to rest upon us. So to summarize, what we've learned over here is, is that the purpose of the Nes of Hanukkah was because Klal Yisrael had come out of Gaul's bubble and they simply didn't believe that HaKadosh Baruch Hu returned with them. They believed he abandoned them, sent them into Gaul's and was done with them. They built the second base of Mikdash. They, they were commanded by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He inspired them to rebuild it. He promised he would be there. They didn't believe it. They were just crying. When they saw the difference between the first base of Mikdash and the second base of Mikdash, they were crying. They said, this is not a Makam Ashoya Sashchina. HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Chagah Anavi, I'm going to 
promise, Klal Yisrael, there's going to be a time that I'm going to demonstrate, I'm going to shake the world, and I'm going to openly demonstrate that my presence is going to rest in this space, and Mikdash, and it's going to be even greater than what was there in the first base of Mikdash. And that was during the nace of Hanukkah when HaKadosh Baruch Hu, with the efforts of the Hashem who were praying, they were trying to bring back the, the Kedusha of the Shekhinah, that's what happened. And they made a new Hanukkah Zabayas. That's when they said, okay, now let's do it right this time. And they made a proper Hanukkah Zabayas. It was pure Simcha, which is what we emulate on Hanukkah. And that's what we celebrate on Hanukkah. And they even had an Eish, they had a fire that came down and, and, and lit the, the Karbanas on the Mizbeh, to, which happened during the first base of Mikdash and during the and during the <coughs> the Mishkan as well, and it's that kedusha and that testimony that we carry with us through every year in Galus, all all, all the, throughout the whole year when we light the Hanukkah to demonstrate that yes, the nace happened one time, but the message was eternal. Hakadosh Baruch Hu accompanies us wherever we go, and his Ashroyes Ashkina is on our Ma'asiyadaim. His Ashoya Sashkina is here in our homes and gives us the blessing and the Kedusha and the connection, the Noyam Hashem, provided that we create a place for Him. We create a place for Him with our mitzvahs, we create a place for Him with our praise, we create a place for Him with our Haidah, with our thanking and, and, and acknowledgement of all that He does with us. Thank you very much and have a good night.